device directly from Dr. Frankenstein's Extension Laboratory somewhere in Southern California. It's the Hollywood Horror Nerds, your number one source for news, speculation, and discussion exclusively for Universal Studio Hollywood's Halloween Horror Nights. And now to your hosts, Undead Ed and Dr. Frankenstein's unpaid graduate student, Alvaro Stein. Welcome everyone to the New Year, New Me, episodes one of 2024. It's good to be back. Uh, we're getting this in again, kind of right under the wire for January. We wanted it out earlier, but we were swept away by plague, I'm afraid, for most of this month. Unfortunately, that is true. And now we're back and it's great. We, we're, we... <laughs> we're feeling good. Uh, no one's throats on fire for the first time in a few weeks. And we're ready to talk once again about our favorite topic, which of course is Halloween Horror Nights. Yes, I'm very excited to see what new speculations and things we have we can talk to you guys about today so unlike the previous two episodes which have primarily been kind of looking back at past mazes and past events this one we're going to be talking almost exclusively about the 2024 event that's going to be coming up this year we're going to be going through we think there's going to be the same amount of mazes as in previous years which will be eight again um, plus the terror tram plus a few shows and we've both prepared our own separate speculation list. So using what clues are out there and kind of our own intuition, uh, we have concepts for eight mazes each. We're gonna talk about them. We're gonna tell you why we think this might be coming and what we think it might look like if it does. Yes, so uh, let us get started. Well, first we actually have a little bit of news to talk about. So this is also kind of a new segment on the podcast, um, talking about events that are either occurring in the entertainment world or within the park that could have a bearing on Halloween Horror Nights. And so there's three topics we're gonna get through. Well, really, yeah, no, there's three. Ah, thank you, my notes are a little unorganized. I wrote them all last night. So the first thing that came out, this came out, I think might've been end of December or very early in January. They caused a bit of a buzz in the Halloween Horror Nights community. We're just gonna talk about it now, is the director of the Terrifier movies. Uh, he's an Italian guy. He is campaigning for that franchise to come to Halloween Horror Nights. If you don't know what Terrifier is, it's been two movies now. It stars, I'm, forgive me, I don't know the actor's name, but the character is Art the Clown. He has kind of this black and white makeup and he terrorizes, you know, his victims. Pretty basic slasher fare, but they're known for being over the top in terms of violence and gore effects. Yes, I, I definitely have heard about this. He he seems to be a big fan of Hollywood um, Horror Nights. So his campaign could hopefully uh, be fruitful. However, for those of you who have seen Terrifier, it's pretty gory. Yeah, I've never actually seen it all the way through. I've seen parts of the first one. I haven't seen the second one. Um, I remember the first one it opens has a pretty chilling sequence where they go to like a burger shop or something and the clown's there. And that's actually very effective in terms of just creating kind of sense of direct. It's a very creepy costume. It's well acted. 
and it, it just built slowly for like 30 minutes and then when the killing starts i got kind of turned off because it was very over the top to the point like okay this is just silly <laughs> uh, we won't describe what it does on air because um i mean if you can almost spoil it if you yeah. if, you're, if you're into a super gory slasher movie this is right up your alley if you get a little turned off by the extreme gore like if you're if you love all the saw sequels and you loved hostile you'll love terrifier if that's not your kind of thing you just like slashers but not for that element i would stay away that's a and i feel like in later years especially more recently they've been trying to tone that element down it feels like in hornets they don't want to go for something more controversial like that these movies are controversial because of that gore element um specifically there's complaints that it feels targeted towards women in the community Mm. um i I haven't seen the film so i'm not going to comment on that myself but that is the sentiment that's out there so it does feel like it is a bit of a more controversial movie than what they've been taking uh recently especially they've been trying to tone anything like that down at the event so i don't think it's very likely i think that that's i didn't put it in my speculation list maybe uh dr alvaro stein did but that's where we are with that. Do you have any more comments on Terrifier? Uh, I will say that whatever it may come, if it comes, it'll be. I'm. I can't be. I can't say too much about how they would implement it. However, I would say that I would hope that they would tone down yeah. all the red yeah. gore. I mean, I mean, Halloween Horror Nights. I don't want it to be like a not gory event. I mean, last year in the Chucky Maze, he did have someone sawed in half, which is also something that happens in these Terrifier movies. But in the movie, it's presented in such a way that it's much more disturbing than it, it was in the maze yeah. itself. Uh, the way that it's done. Um, if you're into it, then you go watch the movie. You'll, you'll oh, that's that's incredible. If you're not into it, you already you've already turned off this part of the discussion. You skipped ahead. Or if you have colrophobia, which is the fear of clowns. Yeah, I would say something that we might see from this would be instead of a full experience, they might do like a photo op where you're going to take a picture with Art the Clown because it is a great scary makeup. And if it's just the character and maybe has some blood splatter on him, that's not going to really offend anyone, I don't think. No, if anything, it'd be similar to how they did it with Blumhouse last year. Right. Where it was basically just a photo op with um, the... They had one with David Pumpkins and the Bride of Frankenstein last year. And they also had one, if you were a VIP, they had one with a grabber from the Black Phone. The Something Black like Phone. that, I think, yeah. could be popular. And kind of... I think it might that might satisfy both camps. Yeah, I think that... That would that way they could still have Terrifier without actually having Terrifier. Right, right. You, you dodge these more controversial aspects yeah. of the film. So that's our first news item. Next up on the bulletin uh, is a social media post that Bloomhouse put out. So if you don't know Bloomhouse, they produce a lot of cheap horror movies, and they're also quite popular at Halloween Horror Nights. I think for two or three years now, they've had these horror Bloomhouse movies, but there's just two or three movies that Bloomhouse released that aren't really big enough to have their own maze, but they get stuck in as kind of two or three movies back to back. They produced what would have been the Megan was big last year, Five Nights at Freddy's, The Black Phone, all the Halloween remakes of the last few years were all Bloomhouse. So they do a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movies, I mean, they vary in quality. Some are good. They, they hit and they miss. But they're a big Halloween horror presence. And on their social media, uh, they put out a post pretty early in the year. That was kind of their to-do list for 2024. And some of it was promoting their movies. It's like, go to see Megan 2.0. But also one of them was go to Halloween Horror Nights. So if you didn't think they were coming to Halloween Horror Nights this year, they almost certainly are. Yes. Now it's it's going to be now a discussion of which movie if they decide to 
focus on the movie. My hot take is it's probably going to be Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, well, now you're jumping ahead. <laughs> we're going to cover this in the speculation portion. Uh, this is just the news. Ah. Or this is just the news. We're strictly news. Um, okay. That's all. I don't have much for us to say. I mean, I, I always kind of expected they would come. Uh, spoiler, I also expected it would be Five Nights at Freddy's. It seems yeah. like a slam dunk. We'll get to it in a minute. Um, but that was it for that. Uh, the last news item that's actually quite interesting in terms of entertainment news is uh, we just talked about Bloomhouse, and Bloomhouse is actually merging with James Wan's Atomic Monster production house. So if you don't know James Wan and Atomic Monster, James Wan, I think, is one of these the more underrated filmmakers in Hollywood today in terms of the general public's knowledge of him because he's produced just hit after hit. This guy's unstoppable. He entered the scene with Saw. That was his first film that really mm. got out there. And, I mean, that blew up on a shoestring budget. And then not satisfied with having one horror franchise that ruled Hollywood, he then went on to create the Conjuring universe. Uh, and in between, he's produced stuff like Malignant, which he didn't do that well, but I thought was was genius. I love Malignant. It was like great. <laughs> if you're into, like, a more of a campy, fun slasher movie, Malignant was fantastic. Uh, he's also made uh, the Aquaman films. That Those were kind of his big-budget superhero movies, and they, they, they did rather well. I haven't seen them. Um, but I, they did do better than most superhero movies that came out this year. Uh, so, of course, Bloomhouse, we just said, has been a big presence at the event. Atomic Monster, much less so. Or we, do, we do get saw mazes a lot. We haven't had a conjuring maze. And these other properties haven't come to the event. And the feeling is now that they're together, if Jason Bloom, who runs Bloomhouse, are talking to James Wan, he's like, hey, I really love using Halloween Horror Nights as a kind of a conduit to promote my movies. Why don't we use it for some of our now our joint productions? Mm -hmm. Uh, we could see an uptick in more saw mazes. We could see some conjuring mazes might start to come. Just more stuff coming from the studio that hasn't had such a big presence at Hollywood Horror Nights in the past. Well, if we start seeing more saw mazes, then Terrifier might actually be able to build off a possibility <laughs> because, from what I understand, saw somehow saw... is not as controversial as Terrifier for whatever it's, reason. It's not as controversial, but it's still a lot of. It's very gory. It is. It is. But it's not, it's presented differently, I think, in Saw. And Saw, it's always presented always in the frame of the victim kind of deserves it. Because there was like, oh, Jake Sockham's like, you've been a bad person. Now we're going to play a game to fix you. And then Terrifier, it's just gratuitous violence for violence's sake against the innocent. That, that is true. So the, their whole idea of why they're doing it is different. Right. Jigsaw has a motivation. Yeah. And actually, the first Saw movie is actually quite good in terms of plot. Um, if you haven't seen Saw, you've just been turned off from the gore. The first movie is a lot less gore than you would expect because uh, it was made on such a, a low budget that they always cut away before they show anything. It's a bit like Psycho where you never actually see the knife stabbing Janet Lee. Uh, Saw is the same thing. You never actually see them doing anything insanely gory. Maybe for like one, there's one small moment. Um, and the plot and the plot twist are actually really good. And the acting's good. It has... Um, I don't want to pronounce the guy's last name, but Carrie Ewells, I think. And he was he was the Dread Pirate Roberts in The Princess Bride. So no. Funny place for him to pop up. But also had uh, Ben from Lost. So it had some good actors. It had Danny Glover. Um, if you've never seen that one, I recommend it. I remember when this movie came out, it was... I was around 10 years old. I was strictly not allowed to yeah, see this. Yeah, we were too young when it came out. <laughs> Uh, that's it. Those are my three news items, and we'll keep following all these stories, actually, because they either will or will not be coming to the event, and if they do, we'll, we'll you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is why you're, we're your number one source for news and speculation, because <laughs> we get it to you first.
or Hollywood, not, not Florida. Florida. <laughs> Only the Hollywood. Um, and I think that's going to do it for our news portion. So we'll move right into the meat of today's episode, which of course is our 2024 speculation. So like I said at the top of the episode, we each have eight mazes, and then we'll touch on what we think we'll see in terms of shows, scare zones, and territory. Excuse me, terror tram as well. Mm-hmm. So why don't what we'll we'll do it like this? I'll say my number one maze. Mm. If you also have that, I'm, I'm now mine are not ranked in terms of most likely to least likely. I just kind of have a list. Same, same with me. Okay, good. Right. So I'll say what I have listed first. If you have the same maze, because I think there may be one or two in here that we do actually have the same thoughts on, but we haven't shared these lists before just now. Um, Makes it more exciting this way. <laughs> yeah. So if we have the same one, then we'll talk about it at the same time. Otherwise, you can give comments on mine. I'll give comments on yours. And we'll bounce back and forth. Sounds like a plan. So a little precursor to why we speculate some of what we speculated. The, we've talked about him before, John Murdy, who directs this event. He likes to tease us on Twitter. He puts out these little little clues about, oh, I just finished designing this maze. And here are five things that I had to research to learn about this maze. And there's only really two mazes that he's, well, two or three that he's put out decent clues for so far. And I've tried to piece those together to make three guesses, at least. And the other guesses are based more on what we think would be make sense business-wise for the event. So with that intro, the first clue I was trying to interpret from uh, John Murdy, he said he researched four things. He had borax, the element borax. Uh... Quonoset hut design, which if you don't know what a Quonoset hut is, I didn't either. I had to look it up. It's it's kind of a upside down U. You've seen them before. You you can Google it if you would like. Uh, it looks like kind of a prefab, very military kind of structure. Cryogenic freezers, and Proverbs sixteen lines eighteen to twenty, which is the line about pride going before the fall. So with those clues, I came up with an alien or UFO invasion theme. I thought the borax, which is in a crystalline form, or can be, that could be, you know, maybe they're invading to get the borax, that's the element they want to power their ships, or it's it's something like that, or he just wanted something that looked crystalline to use within the maze. The the hut design, like I said when I was describing it, it brings to mind the very 1950s Air Force Base kind of prefab barracks idea. So immediately made me think of Roswell or Area 51. Cryogenic freezers, I thought, was kind of an obvious alien tie-in. I feel there's always mm-hmm. cryo-freezers when there's aliens involved. You know, they're stealing people and putting them in cryo-freezers. And then the whole pride coming before the fall could be, you know, the human civilization. We feel we're so proud and so mighty, but then we're humbled by, by the alien invaders. So my concept with that was that it would be a very kind of take on 1950s sci-fi, have a little fun with it, but a scarier version of that. You could do a lot of different alien designs. You could have the classic gray aliens. You could have some green aliens, like in Toy Story, but scarier. You would have reptilian aliens. So I think there's a good variety of places you could go with this. You could do a lot of different kinds of scenes. You would have the crash site. You would have the military base where the aliens kind of break out of. You could have them attacking, you know, the small town in the 50s. You could have, then you're back on the mothership, so you're moving through a lot of different things. Um, and that, that's, that was my speculation. I thought it made sense. When I, I mean, really, the hut design really cued me. I was like, this looks like an old Air Force base. 
So what ties in? And aliens and UFOs were such a big news story last year and make it continue to be this year. I thought it made sense on the promotional side to play with that and do something fun, something different. And we saw last year with Exterminators kind of this campier horror that I thought was super fun. I had a really fun tone to the event. I thought carrying that into a UFO maze would also be really cool. So that was my first speculation. Alvaro Stein, what do you think? Am I on the mark? I think the more you described it, the more I do believe it could be something related to aliens, something related to sort of Area 51. Now, how exactly, if it's going to be some sort of IP or of original concept, that's going to be where where it's really going to take hold of deciding how they're going to take it. Uh, I, I have this as an original. Oh, it's Marcus. This is one of my originals, yeah. Uh, is your originals or one of his? Originals? Well, it's going to be, in my speculation, this is one of their non-IP ah. walkthroughs. Now, from the more, when I was thinking about it, the more I thought about it, this sounds more like the the 1996 movie Mars Attacks to me mm. with the whole idea of cryo-freeze and aliens. That's my first thought. How, however, I could be biased because I really like that movie. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> so it could be. Now, if they do Mars Attacks, will they have a little mannequin with Pierce Brosnan's head on a dog? If they don't, it would be quite a letdown. Yeah, I mean, why even do it? You're not going to include it. Exactly. And would there be a yodeling scene at the end? <laughs> <laughs> they has to. They have to have the music playing in order for you to defeat the aliens. Yeah, you, you have to. You they did. They missed on having the Metallica and Stranger Things last year. If they do Mars Attacks, they can't miss on the yodeling. Exactly. Otherwise, how how do you know when the maze ends? That's that's. That and I want some Tom Jones when you walk out. <laughs> there should be a, a grandma playing her yodeling music. Awesome. But so, I did think if they're doing an alien thing, I think it, it just to save money, I, I did think it would be an original for this. It, it would make sense that they would want to do an original, especially because aliens themselves are not a unique idea. There's so many different takes on it. And knowing Universal, they're going to be something spectacular with the idea. So they, they, they definitely have a lot to be able to work with. Yeah. And the whole idea of mixing pride before the fall, that is going to make me think that uh, it's going to be something great, something where human humanity does think that they're above it all and are being quickly humbled. <laughs> well, but, that's also kind of why I said it in the 50s. And then we're kind of at the apex of American power over the world. But then these aliens come in and just wreck Area 51 or wreck Roswell or wherever they're landed. Mm. And leaning on your point of there's so many ways to do aliens. That's why I also thought it'd be a fun original because there are so many interpretations out there. And in an original maze, you could have a spin on all of them. It's done in a scarier version. Yeah, it could be a, the whole idea of the little gray man mm -hmm. or a 1950s version of humans in <laughs> spacey looking costumes. Yeah. So that's always, that will be a very fun, campy take. All right. So I don't know if they'll do that though. Yeah, it's hard to guess on these original ones. Um, but you're really trying to take shots in the dark. So the clues help a little bit. But that was my guess. Uh, do you want to do, do you have one for, for these clues as well that you can do? Or do you have your own order you want to go in? Mm, I think I'll go with my next, the next house. I, I don't think I have any more based on this specific clue. 
Did you have something for this clip? Was that your Mars Attacks? That was my Mars oh, Attacks. Oh, that was your... Okay, so we were actually pretty aligned on this It one. was my Mars Attacks. Okay. <laughs> now, were you trying to keep track of how many IPs were there last year versus originals and correlate that, or were you just scattershotting? I was scattershotting because I okay. figured uh, you would be the more to be aligned with it. And... I was. I was. <laughs> I think there were, off the top of my head, I think two or three originals, including Terratram. So it's an IP-heavy event, and I think my list reflects that. Got it. All right. For my next speculation, well, looking at his clue that it was going to be something with the wheelbarrow, some kind of... Uh, I have the clues running down. Let me get the clue. Ah, okay. So the clue he's talking about, Murdy said he researched a specific type of flower, rusted old wheelbarrows, a famous tree, and an old man's obsession. And then in a follow-up tweet, he said, yeah, it's about gardening, which may be sarcastic. Maybe a clue. To be honest, my first uh, my first thought when it came to that was the classic video game of Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> that would be an impressive <laughs> translation. <laughs> Plants vs. Zombies rated R. <laughs> well, it has everything you want. It, it has uh, wheelbarrows, gardening, and horror. Yeah, put it next to the Angry Birds maze. Oh... It could be the Angry Birds are attacking the zombies yeah. now. But that was like my first like funny idea of what it could be. Uh, what what kind of interpretation did you take? Okay, I can tell you what I had for that clue. Um, I thought this would be the Latin American mates. Because if you recall, last year's... Well, yes, it was last year. It last, was last, last year. month's news for December, uh, Murray announced on Twitter again that they were going to keep doing Latin American mazes in that Parisian courtyard space where they put the Day of the Dead Plaza so we know there's going to be another Latin American maze coming back. And this year, I think it's going to be the Chupacabra. And not only because that is the only Latin American monster I can name other than La Llorona, but mostly because of that. But I think the clues make sense. Because if you think about the Chupacabra, he's a rural monster, a cryptid. And you could see Murdy wants to set this in a ranch or a farm in Mexico but he wants to be very place appropriate. So he wants to have the right kind of trees. He wants to have indigenous kinds of flowers. And then the rest of our wheelbarrow just makes sense for that kind of environment. And I thought the old man's obsession could be an old man who's obsessed with hunting the chupacabra and proving its existence. And this could give a, a new kind of twist on that Latin American maze because I thought the La Llorona maze and then the monster Latin America we had last year they felt like the La Rona could have just been another segment in that Monster Latin American maze. It felt there was such a strong sense of continuity in terms of the way it smelled and the way it looked and how it just felt. I thought if you add a new angle onto it, this year you add that cryptid angle where you're trying to hunt the monster, it would give a very different feel to the maze that I think would help it not feel so samey year after year. And Chupacabra is a famous example of a cryptid. And maybe if it's successful, we could get a Bigfoot maze in a year or two, which would be incredible. Um, but I thought that would be cool. Uh, what do you think? I do think that definitely the monsters from Latin America are will be making a comeback. Uh, I will say, if they do focus on one monster specifically, the Chupacabra is a great monster to choose from because it's very widely known. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole idea of the goat eater. Yeah. They're definitely going to have a lot of fun with that idea of putting yeah. those kind of sound effects. 
the especially the whole smell factor that they really oh, yeah. implemented last year. That's going to be really what sets it apart this year for this maze. If they decide to do that, especially if you decide to like, how does a, how does a farm smell like? Yeah, not good. <laughs> if you've been to Howling Horror Nights last year, you would know from a few different events. Yeah. yeah. It's, they're definitely going to have fun playing with uh, the smell factor this year, especially for all these farm-related um, houses. Uh, I feel like you can see going through the facade and maybe a small hallway, and then it opens up into the ranch scene. And there's just destroyed bits of goat everywhere as you walk through, and you have that smell and the voiceover of the old man telling you how the chupacabra stole my livelihood, and now I'm going to hunt him down. It feels like it could be a big hit. Now, when it comes to the the actual scary, do you think they're going to focus heavily on the Chupascaro jump scares? Or are they going to have elements of the old man, maybe people that don't believe him, that what he's talking about? Yeah, I think you would have to have more than just the Chupacabra. So there would probably be some human attackers. And they, they, they did that a few times last year where you were going through a forest scene and like the rescue worker would jump out and you're like, where is she? Where is she? So I think they would do that with the old man as well. If, if they do this, what I'm proposing. Yeah, because otherwise you'd have a whole situation of Stranger Things like last year where the only monster that attacked you was, was the Demogorgon. Exactly. You could have fun with it, though, because the Chupacabra, again, has this cryptid, no one really knows what it is element where maybe a few different looks of it appear because you're never quite sure what it is. So maybe one's a standing bipedal, and that could be a traditional scare actor. Then you have one that's on all fours. Maybe one's more muscular and one's more scrawny, different colors. So I think you could do different things with it to have variety. Especially because if you think about it, he's supposed to come out at night when mostly in rural areas you don't see what's out there. So they definitely could play around with the size, the shape, and the way, the teeth, and everything else about it. Yeah. So that's what I had for gardening, for the gardening clues. What did you have for those? I think for the gardening clues, like I said, it was a lot of... Because it, it was going to be, this was the one that I was thinking might be the IP of Plants vs. Monsters. Although I was like, there's, there's no way it's going to be Plants vs. Monsters, but I just thought the idea. Oh, that's of, your actual statement. Yeah, that was the actual. Wow, okay. It wasn't actually Plants vs. Monsters. It was more of the idea of you're running through some kind of fields right. and, and there's monsters attacking. What's the classic monster? Zombies. So it's not okay. per se. So you don't think you don't think it's pointing to anything too specifically at all. No, I, I think it's definitely not going to be Plants vs Zombies. No, like definitely a, a not. Down <laughs> but if they did, I would love it. It was a great game. All right, let's talk about the last clue we have, and this one's very big. Uh, Murdy said on this maze, the research alone was going to give him nightmares. He followed up by saying it might be the darkest, most disturbing, and potentially scariest maze he's ever done in Halloween Horror Nights, which would encompass every experience that's ever been done at Hollywood, which is kind of a big claim. He doesn't usually make a big claim like that every year. He's not that much of a hype man. It also was hinted by an insider that I follow on one of these Halloween Horror Nights forums that this was going to be an IP maze. It wouldn't be an original concept, and it would be exclusive to Hollywood and not be at Orlando, uh, which may or may not be true. Um, but this insider has a pretty reliable track record of, of leaking things out ahead of time. Um, he's a clever leaker. He leaks things in such a way that the event won't get in trouble because he's very vague about mm. it. Um, but that, that's, this was a speculation. He's no Tom Holland is what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, we can talk about leaks a little bit because the event has gone into trouble. We actually will because one of my speculations will bring it up. Um, the event has gone into trouble with people leaking out what the mazes are going to be ahead of time. And sometimes mazes get pulled, which we hate to see. Mm. So on this podcast, we'll be a little sensitive about how we talk about leaks like that. Uh, so I had to think of something. What's an IP that could be very disturbing, but is uh, would be at the event? So it's but it's not so active in terms of there's a new film coming out this year. Because if that was the case, they would want it to be at both coasts. So it has to be something that's semi dormant. And where I landed was Hellraiser, which you may know the main character of Pinhead. He's the he's the Cenobite. He's this ash white skin with the nail stuck all over his head. Um, it's a great film from the 80s. It's very gory, not gory in the terrifier way of it is just going to gross you out. It actually kind of has more of a, a purpose, but it does lean into that body horror aspect if you don't see too much of uh, Horror Nights, where the plot is about a man, uh, Frank, who finds this puzzle box, and when he solves it, the Cenobites come, and they, they, uh, they're like, we have such sights to show you, and they're all into causing pain that leads to pleasure. It's kind of a, a sadomachism kind of thing. So they kind of torture you to death when you solve the box. But then through some machinations, he's kind of brought back to life, but he starts his life as a skeleton and his lover has to attract men to the attic where he lives that he then murders. And each time he murders someone, he regrows more of his body bit by bit. Um, so there's a lot of horror involved in this movie, of course. I'm not going to spoil the middle of the plot. If you haven't seen it, yeah. it is really a great movie. I highly recommend it. Um, and it's it's 80s gore effects, so even if you're a little more squeamish, um, it's it's pretty clear that there are effects and it's not real, so it, you should be okay. Um, but why I think it might be Hellraiser, like I said, this is not a totally dead IP. You know, it's still, people know what it is. It's still kind of in that horror hall of fame. Um, but the right situation, when you think of something that hasn't come to Horror Nights before, like Hellraiser or like Scream, if you're going to say, I think it's going to come this year, you have to have a reason. It can't just be, well, I really like Scream, so it's going to be Scream. So Hellraiser is an interesting situation with the rights. It's based on a short story uh, by Clive Barker, who's a legendary horror author, mm. uh, called The Hellbound Heart. And he then wrote and directed the film of Hellraiser, the first Hellraiser movie as well. But he didn't own the rights to the IP until California passed a law a few years ago allowing writers to reclaim uh, the IP and scripts they've written after, I think, about 25 years so this is why, by the way, if you've noticed that there's been no Nightmare on Elm Street movies or no Friday the 13th movies for a while, it's because of this law. Uh, the West Craven estate reclaimed the rights to the original Nightmare on Elm Street film a few years ago. And the rights to Friday the 13th have kind of been in limbo because there's been a lot of tension between who owns the rights to the Jason Voorhees character because the writer of the original film says, well, Jason pops out of the water at the very end of it, so I own the rights to Jason. And the rights holders to the rest of their franchise say no, because that's just a little boy Jason, the big, you know, hockey mask, muscular Jason. That's a separate version of the character. Um, but Hellraiser is in a bit of a different situation because Clive Barker wrote and directed the first film. So he owns that first film, all that intellectual property outright since 2021, uh, the very end of 2021. So really, this is only the second year that he's had control of his property again. And you could see a situation where the previous rights holders were not interested in Horror Nights, but maybe Clive Barker's more interested in it. 
Marty also tweeted out that he had a super secret meeting with someone in LA for a super secret property with a super secret person. I thought maybe that's Clive Barker. Maybe Clive Barker was in LA. His agent tells him, what do you think about this Horror Nights thing? He's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Let's let's get the guy over here. Let's talk to him. So Marty flies out from Ireland and they have their secret meeting. He's like, yeah, let's do Hellraiser this year. It'll be super fun. And maybe you get some original Clive Barker designs in there. Um, I mean, Clive Barker, he's, he's a brilliant guy. Very, very intelligent in terms of writing horror stories. So I'd, I'd love to see it come to the event. Obviously, it's one of my favorite horror movies. Um, and I think it fits the bill of being super scary. The research is going to give me nightmares. Can you imagine if Murdy starts looking up, you know, other designs or something Cenobite related and they can get to some pretty gory stuff in there. So that makes sense there. Um, that's where I landed. What do you think? I think that definitely has a good potential to come into effect, especially like you said, just thinking about how to make all those effects, how, how Cenobites can come into play. Just the look of Hellraiser themselves. Oh, yeah. Is quite scary. Yeah. So, it I can definitely see it. It and it would be a very scary maze. Definitely. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Uh, I'm excited if if that comes to fruition. Oh, I'd be very excited would, for this one. I would, yes. If if based on my if all my speculation came true, this would probably be my most anticipated maze. I, yeah, that would be like my number one maze that I would want to go into, especially because it hasn't been done. Mm -hmm. it, it's Hellraiser, so you yeah. can't go wrong with that. It's one of the last few classic horrors that they haven't done yet. I wonder though, like how how they're all going to implement it, which is probably why he's saying it's giving him headaches <laughs> just doing all this research. So that makes sense. It completely. Well, I think sense. there's enough horror characters in this one because you have the four main Cenobites, so you have Pinhead and his three lackeys. We're all pretty scary designs. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also have the Frank character who starts as a gory skeleton and regrows. You have a few different versions of him popping out at you as you go through. I think it could really work. I think it would be an amazing maze. Um, great property. Again, love the film. So I'd be excited about this one. So what did you have for this Give Me Nightmares clue? I think for mine, it was it was like, as you mentioned, it was Scream. Mm. I really love the idea of you don't know where the killer is. He's coming from inside the house. It's it's terrifying in the sense of what your home, which was supposed to be your safe space, your, your safe haven, where everything around the world didn't affect you, is has been invaded. Mm. And now you're running inside your house and you don't know, do I go out, do I stay in? What's worse? It's the whole idea of the devil you know, in a way, because you know that inside the house there's one, but you don't know there's another one yeah. going and outside. That's always the twist, is there's actually there was two. Exactly. Scream's an interesting franchise to pick, because it was dormant for a while, and it's kind of come back now. The last two Scream movies did rather well. And most of the cast, I think, is out for Scream 8, so we'll see if that actually is Scream 7. seven. Yes. The next one, most of the cast has dropped, so we'll see if they actually make that or not. Um... I'd go see it if they did. I, I wasn't that blown away by the cast and the new ones. I thought that was the weakest element. So I'd, I'd be happy to go see a new Scream movie. In terms of Halloween Horror Nights, Scream has quite an interesting history, actually. It did come to the event. I don't, have, I don't know the years off the top of my head. But it came to the event for uh, a terror tram one year. It was Scream for Your Life. And it was the plot was you were going to go on to the set of a stab movie but of course, something's gone wrong, and the ghost face killers after you as you walk through this set, which makes sense for a terror tram. It was a good idea. Mm. Um, I don't think it got great reviews. I think it was back then. I don't know. It was before we were going to the event. I don't know what oh, terror yeah. tram was like back then. And then it was supposed to come to the event as a proper maze a few years later. 
And it got to very late in the game, and then the maze had been constructed. And all the proper scenes were there, and the scares were there, and everything was ready to go. And at the last minute, the right holders pulled the rights, and they repurposed it as a purge maze. So if you go look up the first purge maze they did, and this might be a Florida, actually. This is tricky to remember off the top of my head. But the first time they did a purge maze at Horror Nights, if you go look at the video, you'll recognize this is the kitchen that Drew Barrymore was in. They have the scene where the, the girl gets stuck in the garage door. Um, it's all these scenes from Scream. It's just with Purge characters, and they put graffiti on the walls to try to cover it up and make it look like the Purge is happening, but it was, clearly was meant to be Scream. So there is a little bad blood between uh, the Horror Nights and the Scream rights holders, which I think is Dimension Films. Um, I'm not sure why that bad blood exists, but it kind of does. But again, I mean, money talks. So if they say, we want that cross-promotional event, maybe we're feeling a little shaky because we've lost most of the cast, we want to keep Scream relevant, maybe we, we do do Horror Nights this year. So it is possible. It's, it's always possible. I would say it's basically uh, a little bit more possible considering that Scream 7's release date was pushed back because of the writer's strike, so mm -hmm. they definitely would want to keep it relevant in people's minds. Um, so especially considering that um, the whole Hollywood time period of September to October is a good time period to keep people, to bring them back to the idea of Scream, which will be released the following year. It'll be a great cross-promotional experience. Yeah. And it's, I would say it's in Scream's benefit yeah. that they allow this. I think, I mean, the two classic horror films that are really the white whales now that they've done Child's Play that are left out there are Scream and Hellraiser. And there's a few more that are more modern that I think, I'll, I know I'm going to talk about them today. Um, but it's interesting we both landed on one of those as yeah. what this is. Uh, Hellraiser, I think the only uh, thing that might not be um, allowed is the whole like the, their look is very <laughs> sadomasochist, which <laughs> parents might not be maybe, so. Maybe. You, you, they would. They, about. They, they really toned down anything sexy at horror nights. They used they used to go in and they had go go dancers at the front and. Um, Actually, Universal Executive, someone above them already acts that. So they, anything like that has been really cut from the event. Mm. Um, but I don't know. The Cenobites are not sexy in that way. <laughs> Unless you're really into that. Well, their faces so they are not. They could get away with it. But their, their attire was... A, was they might have to redo lights. some other costumes. Maybe, maybe. Okay, so that's it for all the clues. So from this point on, I'm now making guesses based more on what we've seen from the event in the past and what I think makes sense for other property holders uh, in the area. And the first one I have kind of in that realm is one that we talked about rather at length in the last episode, which is Gremlins. And I'm not going to reiterate most of what we said about Gremlins last episode, why we think it would be such a great maze for the event, but I will remind you how they made a lot of these mini animatronics for the Chucky maze last year. And that's not cheap to do. And this event loves to reuse something. If it makes an animatronic, it's gonna use that a lot. We've seen the same animatronic they made for the American World in London has been used every year since yep. then. I actually kind of rather, it's, it's fun to go through and try to spot it every year. <laughs> <laughs> so these mini animatronics will at least for one more year, they're gonna come back. I'd be shocked if they didn't come back in some form. And Gremlin seems to be the most natural fit if you want to do a different IP with that idea of a lot of little guys. Mm. If I think if Gremlins doesn't come, I think we're going to see another Chucky maze. It could be uh, a, a new Chucky maze that's using some of the same poses. You know, that, that TV show is still ongoing, so they could use more material from the later seasons. 
Uh, we also saw a few kills in that checking maze that were borrowed, I think, from like Child's Play 1, but you could do more Child's Play 2, more Child's Play 3 or something. At Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky wasn't in there at all. No, there was a family portrait. That's true. They, the Big Linda was there, but there weren't like the kills from Seed of Chucky. No, there. no, they weren't. So there, there's definitely more you could do with Chucky um, and have it be fresh. Of course, we could also just see them do the same maze, which I wouldn't be too upset about because I did like it. So I, I would do it again if it was there. Um, it wouldn't be a, as exciting as a new experience. They could also do like a minor plusing where say, okay, so three quarters of this maze is the same, but like Holidays in Hell, there's a new section at the end. Maybe one or two new rooms at the end would be fine. Um, but I think one of these, I think, is almost certain. We'll see something. What did you have? I, th I definitely think that Grimless is going to be the one that they choose, especially because considering that they're having their 40th year anniversary this year. Mm. They, re they really love to do movies with their anniversaries. So Gremlins seems to be fitting the bill for that. Uh, the whole animatronics with Chucky, definitely. It's really easy to transition from from one puppet to a different yeah. puppet. <laughs> it's a lot easier than making a whole new skeleton. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know, the Gremlins just have this, this persona about them that they're just funny, crazy beings. Yeah. Which is... In a sense, I what think, Chucky is. I think Gremlins would be a good draw for the event. People like Gremlins. It's 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 a semi-dormant IP, I would say. It has a new TV show, but it's for kids on HBO. What? Yeah. Uh, they've, they've been trying to pivot it more that way, which might push it away from being a Horror Nights event. They might say that's too mature. But, I mean, we've had Ghostbusters at the event. We've had mazes that aren't leaning into the horror and the gore so much. So I think Gremlins could fit very snugly to that category. Um, we've also seen Warner Brothers took a took a break from being at Horror Nights because they were trying to do their own event for two years, a uh, horror made here, which we attended. And I think well, at one point we'll have an episode about it because we love that <laughs> event. Um, but last year they had Evil Dead Rise, which is another Warner Brothers property, was at the event. So it seems like Warner Brothers is back at the game. And they also put uh, their Conjuring had a maze at Six Flags Magic Mountain Fright Fest. So it seems like they've reopened the door to licensing out their properties to being at these Halloween events. So uh, it's definitely possible. Yes. I can see now um, the, the HBO show called Gremlin's Secrets of the Mogwai. That is very kid-centered considering yeah. it's animated. It's animated, yeah. And it's animated in a way that's not adult animated. No, it's, it's yeah. childlike animation. Maybe your kid will like it if you have kids. <laughs> I would say watch it first, then let your kids yeah. then decide if yeah. it's kid-friendly. And they definitely pivoted more towards Gizmo's cute, and we're going to make a franchise around that. Um, get some of that Baby Yoda money. <laughs> the baby Yoda looks a lot like Gizmo. It's a bit of a ripoff. Or was Gizmo ripping off adult Yoda? I mean, who can say at some point? Uh, well, <laughs> let's, let's go with All the right. next so one. So you also had Gremlins. I had I'm, Gremlins. I'm up to my fifth speculation maze now, which is one we accidentally talked about in the new segment. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's was a smash hit last year. It, it, was. Made a, it made a lot of money. I think Was that the highest grossing horror movie last year? I think it was. Finance of Freddy's, especially for Blumhouse. It was their yeah, highest grossing movie. definitely for Blumhouse. Um, it was a big hit last year for Blumhouse. And I mean, that was a universal movie, I think. It so was... that's a big hit. Um, this is a very popular franchise with Gen Z. If you're not Gen Z, you might not even know what it is. I know I was talking to some people about it. We're a little older, and they're like, I don't even know what this horror movie is. Well, what are you talking about, Five Nights at Freddy's? But it's huge with Gen Z. So just some background. This was a video game that was released around, I want to say, 2011, 2012. 
a very simple video game. The creator, actually, he was, he's a Christian guy. He was developing Christian games, um, but he wasn't very good at designing characters. People gave him comments that your characters are really creepy. They're creeping me out. He's like, well, well instead of getting upset, I'm going to use that note and make a horror game, oh, <laughs> which he did, and it was a runaway success. Um, it kind of occupies that space of the ring for our generation where the ring was PG-13. So a lot of younger children saw it like, oh my God, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. You had never seen a real horror movie before. Yes. Because you couldn't because it was rated R. And Five Nights at Freddy's is a video game. It's not a gory video game. So kids could play it, you know, use it without their parents knowing it's a horror game. Um, so it was their kind of their first experience with horror and it was huge in kind of the influencer community where like PewDiePie and Markiplier were streaming it and those were super popular with the kids because you get those it has a lot of jump scares so it was the big reaction from the streamer kids love that um and it has kind of a the way it tells its story is very much you have to piece it together the little clues in the game they have to watch like 10 youtube videos to actually figure it out which keeps engaging the kids so it was was a huge hit The, the the movie of course was a huge hit they had the costumes kind of the props from it on display in front of the bloom house show last year and that was a runaway success on social media. They got a lot of traction. Mm. Um, so I would be shocked if this one doesn't come. Yeah, this movie was in a budget of about $20 million. And it grossed about $294.6 million yeah. worldwide. That's, that's amazing. That's a yeah, that's, yeah, that's a hit if you've ever made one. And the fact that it, it, it's creepy, it's animatronics... It reminds me of a very haunted Chuck E. Cheese. That's kind of the idea, <laughs> that it's set in a, a haunted Chuck E. Cheese ripoff, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. Yeah. But the, at night, the animatronics come to come to life with the, the ghosts of the dead children who were murdered in the back rooms. And uh, they come at, you know, whoever. Yeah. I'm not totally sure what the plot's about, to be honest. But it's haunted. It's a haunted Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it gives a... The darker version of uh, Night in the Museum. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I'm not sure how they'll manage having big, bulky animatronic costumes doing jump scares at you in a maze. But I feel like just having this at the event is such a must-do for them that they'll figure something out. And also, I think, because it sets in Haunted Chuck E. Cheese, I think having a Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria pop-up in the lower lot where they had, like, Surfer's Pizza last year... Um, and that's a that's a no-brainer as well. It's a slam dunk. Yeah, especially because this movie also did feature uh, Matthew Lillard, who was in Scream, the mm. Scream movies. And he was also a lot of people's favorite character in the Scooby-Doo movies as mm. Shaggy. So the, a lot of people are really looking forward to this house if it was made. But again, with these huge animatronics, the logistics of how to like make people scared. Uh, is it going to be a jump scare? with uh, someone in some kind of costume or is it going to be more of an animatronic scare where the animatronics tell it pop out at you yeah i mean we just watched the krampus maze for the last episode and that was another one where it has a big bulky costume and because of that i thought all the krampus scares were less effective than like the toys or the elves coming at you so i don't know what they'll use to mix it in um, but i think it's, it's coming get ready for five minutes at freddy's yeah. <laughs> Finance of scares and yeah, I haven't seen the movie. I haven't played the game. If it gets announced, I'll do both to talk about it properly in our preview. Okay, so that's it. So so far, we actually think we lined up pretty well on a lot of these. I think for these, it's just because they just make sense in yeah, a way. Yeah, these <laughs> make sense. And now we're on to six, where I think this one I I don't think you'll have. I'm saying Exterminators is getting promoted from Terra Tram to Full Maze. 
You are correct. I did not <laughs> see that. <laughs> I honest. think for a few reasons, I think, first of all, that Larry Larva character they created, I love Larry Larva. I think he deserves an encore. Mm. It's a, such a strong... I thought the, the idea behind that territory was so interesting. Uh, the grown-up bugs and their exterminating the people. It was such a fun idea. And it was a good Terratram, but I think there's still more to do in that world. You can also kind of fill in some of these gaps they had last year where there's a good idea, not great executed. If we could take a return to Spider Alley, but have real spiders this time, Ooh. that would be great. If you have that kind of that human bait idea, but really make that more of a bigger set piece, love to see that. They have most of the costumes I feel like can be reused because it was such a variety yeah. And maybe you add a few masks in there, so you have some some spiders. It was really the big lacking one, but you can reuse a lot of the effects, and I'm not going to be disappointed because I thought they were great. And in a new environment, um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them again. I think it could be kind of a holidays in hell situation. Another maze that ends with a Z for no reason. By the way, holidays, exterminators, where it's kind of an outside scare zone that becomes a full maze and. I mean, Holidays in Hell had like three or four years of the event. It was huge. Um, I think Exterminators could be the same thing. I think it, in, in Orlando, they have more of these icons, they call them, that are these original characters that are headlining the event every year. And I think if we keep seeing Exterminators, you keep seeing Larry Larva, we already have Hollywood Harry who comes up every now and again and the Terror Trams. We could have uh, a few characters like that, and then you could start having a cross from it. I would love to see a Terror Tram in the future of Hollywood Harry versus the Larry Larva, where Larry Larva is trying to exterminate Hollywood Harry's <laughs> Halloween clown uh, posse. That would be great. The Halloween posse was very fun. I love that maze. That, that was the theme. That was the first year we went, and that was the fun we experienced. I had a great time with that one. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, this um, Larry Larva definitely gave me the ick. <laughs> <laughs> Going throughout, it just when you first swipe left on Larry left. I would swipe left, super left, like mega left, um, as which is intended. That, yeah, the, it the, was the, It's very intended. It's like, like it's supposed to be gross. It definitely gives you the ick, very high ick factor. Um, I will say that if they were moved to move, if they were to make them transition to a maze, it would work in their benefit because. Having too much of an open space, I think, was a detriment to the experience mm. of the Larry Larva. Uh, I do feel that if they had a bit more tighter fit, a little bit more darker, the bugs and the and all the other elements to it would be way scarier. Yeah. And I think the strongest element of this exterminator's concept was Larry Larva himself. And being in the open space kind of limits how much you can do with that. If you're enclosed, you can have them over the loudspeaker all the time talking to you. And that's what you want in an exterminator's Larry Larva's experience. Especially because they'll be able to actually do a little bit more of crowd control. Because when, you, when you're just in a conga line and you can see... Yeah, the terror tram always becomes conga line. By yeah, the you see what's coming up. It, it kind of takes back a little bit of the experience. Yeah. And so... Yeah, the, I like the terror tram. But I think Exterminators was so good, it deserves to be promoted to full maze. Mm. I hope it's not, because I don't like the ick. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so this is one you didn't have. So what was next on your lineup? I think for mine was Beetlejuice 2. Oh, I have that coming up. Uh, I have that coming up. What, do you have another original? <laughs> <laughs> nah, for the originals, my idea was that 
they you talked about it, it was the monsters of Latin America kind of deal. Uh, let's see. Yeah, what was your monster of Latin America? My not monster, mine. My monster of Latin America was gonna be. It was. I wanted to really do one that wasn't well known. Like mm. they did the one with. Remember the the bird beast one. That I, was the like, three different bird beasts of last year. Yeah. Yes, if they can do some kind of a. Thing which is focusing on those three because you we don't really know them that you much. want you want them to return. I want them to return, but okay. but more fleshed out, more than just one quick snippet like oh you walk three feet and it's over. Okay. I want which of the three bird people do you want to see more of? I forgot their name, but it was it, it was the the biggest one. That, the one at the end or the one in the middle. The middle. Okay. The big animatronic. The big okay. animatronic. She was because she was that was a very short segment. Yeah, that was a very short segment. I didn't even realize that was a separate segment from the first segment when I went through it the first time. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a very big animatronic, so I would, so I would definitely see them wanting to reuse it, considering how much time and yeah. money they probably spent on it. Um, but I would want it to be a little bit more fleshed out, a little bit more of the story of like mm-hmm. what is this? What is this beast? What what is its um? What does it want? Yeah, and how do you defeat it or anything like that? And what's the thing? early worm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's the monster okay. that I would want him to focus on, just because of like I know the stories of the chupacabra of the Yorona. I want a new monster from Latin America that's a little less known. So you prefer the ones that you learn about in the maze? Yes. Whereas I went for ones I already know. That's why I like it. No, yes. Right, I, so we're on opposite ends on that. That's I, interesting. I like to learn. I mean, I mean, you kind of already, if, if you know about it, you can you can anticipate what's uh, it's coming. Not as scary. It's not as scary. It's not as scary. That's true. So when you're learning about it and you kind of like take a pause to like hear what the story was being said in a loudspeaker or read something, it gives you time for the scare actors to actually come out <laughs> and scare you because you're not anticipating. You're like, I'm reading, I'm or I'm learning. Uh, I'm not expecting to be scared right at this moment. All right, so you mentioned Beetlejuice 2, so I'll skip my next maze. I have Beetlejuice 2 as my maze 8. Uh, so I'll skip. We'll come back to maze 7. So I do think Beetlejuice 2, this is one that I just have labeled as the Warner Brothers maze. I think <laughs> there's three ways it could go, and I'll tell you why. I think Beetlejuice 2 makes sense in terms of synergy. I think Beetlejuice 2 is lined up to be the biggest kind of I won't say it's strictly horror, but it's definitely in that kind of the spooky horror realm. Um, if anything horror horror related, it's, it's set up to be the biggest movie of the year. Um, I'm kind of excited for it. I like Michael Keaton. He's been doing good work. I even liked him in The Flash, which no one else liked The Flash, but I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> um, and people liked in Ortega. Uh, so it is set up to, to be big. And like we said, Warner Brothers has shown they're willing to return to these events. Now, there is some history here between Horror Nights and Beetlejuice. So in 2020, Beetlejuice was supposed to, he, was, he would have been one of the mazes that we had. Oh, and that really? event was canceled. And if you remember, <laughs> if you remember in 2019, they had 80s nights in the lower lot and Beetlejuice appeared as kind of an MC on stage at the DJ stage. Yes. Um, and that was kind of the precursor. And then he would have appeared in a maze the next year. So in Orlando, actually, they had a enclosed, they didn't call it Horror Nights, but to keep the rights for Beetlejuice active, they had to produce a maze that year. And they did do one that was very, it was limited in terms of you have to wear a mask, there's plexiglass between you and the scenes. Um, but that was done to keep the rights. And then we would have had Beetlejuice in 2021. But I believe 
It's hard to keep track of what left for what reason. I believe this one left because they printed some merchandise, like T-shirts, with Beetlejuice on them. Mm. They didn't sell them; they didn't release them to the public, but they did print them before they had total permission from the rights holder to do that, and that really caused some anger. And they pulled the rights. And I don't remember what Beetlejuice became. He, he became something else. It wasn't the Scream situation where it was last minute, so it became a whole new house. Yeah. Um, so there is a little bad blood between whoever holds the Beetlejuice. Because there's Warner Brothers, of course, there's also producers involved who have egos. And in Hollywood, these egos get very large. And they can be, they, they're very easily damaged by little things like that. Um, so it's possible that whoever owns Beetlejuice is like, no, I hate the Hollywood event. We'll do it in Orlando, but we're not going back to Hollywood. So we might miss Beetlejuice. It also might be, um, I mean, we, I would rather it be Beetlejuice 1 than Beetlejuice 2. Yes. Um, but they might say, you can do Beetlejuice 2. We can't do 1. You, you missed the bell on that, but you're getting Beetlejuice 2 to promote the movie. I would still like that. still go through the maze. Um, it'd be fun to see Beetlejuice at the event. Um, yeah. But if there is bad blood, I think they'll try to get another... Warner Brothers property in there because there are two that we've missed at Horror Nights. The first one I think would be more likely if Beetlejuice isn't happening is the Conjuring universe, mm. which we saw again at that Universal event, not Universal, excuse me, the Warner Brothers event Horror made here. Both years of it, they had a Conjuring walkthrough in both years. And that was really when the Conjuring universe was at its apex. I think Conjuring 2 had just come out. The first Annabelle had just come out. And now it's kind of a franchise that's still, it's still active. Um, I liked, I saw Conjuring 3 came out, I think last year, I thought it was pretty good. There's Conjuring 4 will be coming out next year. Um, the Nun 2 did rather well last year, that was a Conjuring movie. But it doesn't feel like it rules the horror world like it used to. But still, seeing a, a Conjuring walkthrough where you go through, and first you could be in the house from the first movie, and then you go to the, the Enfield house in the second movie. By the end of the maze, you could do maybe two and one. Or maybe you go through the Warren house and you go through the museum. That's more like the Annabelle Comes Home movie. It's more focused on just all the monsters at once. Um, there's a lot of ways you could do it. It's another one of these white whale properties that people have been wanting for a long time. that just hasn't come. And if Warner Brothers is open to it, I think they would jump on it. And they, they could say, we're going to do two Conjuring mazes this year just to keep the franchise fresh. We'll do a, a retrospective Conjuring Universe maze. And then next year, you're going to do a Conjuring 4 maze for that's just strictly for the new movie coming out. If they don't do Conjuring and they're still looking to do Warner Brothers, the other Warner Brothers white whale that we've missed is It with Pennywise the Dancing Clown. This is another one that they promoted heavily with their Horror Made Here event and therefore missed uh, Horror Nights entirely. And this is a less active IP. Of course, it was only two movies. It's not a whole franchise, but it is coming back. They have a Welcome to Dairy TV show. It's going to be premiering on HBO in 2025. That's I think it looks at um, Pennywise's attack. He comes back every 20 years or so, and this is, takes place in the 60s. So it's it's the Pennywise appearance that predates the movie. Well, you could say it's almost four movies, the two original and the two and remakes. The, 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 uh, what's that guy's name? The, um, Skarsgård? No, the original one. Oh. From, I'm having such a brain fart. I know this guy's name. He was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. He's, he's incredible. Tim Curry? Tim Curry. Tim that's Curry. right. That's the Tim right. Curry clown. I love the Tim Curry That'd clown. That'd be hilarious if they did the Tim Curry clown instead of the Scarsgard <laughs> it. I would be there. I would be there day one for that. Um, 
We but I think it might be a situation where they say, we have the new TV show coming out in 2025, we're going to wait a year, and then we'll start pushing this at Halloween events to get some buzz back around it. But you could also see, say, maybe it's coming out early 2025, we want to get the buzz started now, so we'll do an It Maze late 2024, Coronation would make sense. I don't think Stephen King is a big fan of these horror events. Stephen King's a bit funny in terms of what he likes his properties. Like, I know he hates video games. He'll never license anything out to a video game. But um, the way that the rights are controlled for these things in terms of who wrote the book versus who wrote the movie is kind of funny. So I don't think they need his permission to put it in these events. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Stephen King is also not directing the TV show, which is one uh, I think I... I bet there was a reason why uh, Skarsgård was not mm. going to be it in that realm. So there's a lot of different takes. There's a lot of different ways it can go. Yeah, the rights are weird. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> Fun stuff uh, with rights. So what did you have about Beetlejuice 2? I think it, it, they really wanted to get the whole uh, idea of people trying to get back into the Beetlejuice universe. So using it as promotional anticipation. Um, a lot of people, I will say, are gonna hear Beetlejuice and not th and not think Beetlejuice two per se. Yeah. So they're probably gonna use that to like really um bring it back to people's minds because it's been a while since Beetlejuice has been out and Beetlejuice has also been in um the realm of uh, of uh, people's minds as of late and which within the in the political realm <laughs> with the past couple of months for reasons. So definitely, it has come into people's minds. Beetlejuice is definitely a classic movie. Uh, I love the idea of Beetlejuice himself because he's a very wonky character. Such a fun character. Such a fun character. And now the idea that they're going to Beetlejuice two is supposed to take place in Hawaii, which is which are is they very... still doing that? I remember the in the eighties the sequels are going to be Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're doing that for Beetlejuice two. Hmm. Well, they whatever. Might be. I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about Beetlejuice. So I know Jenna Ortega is in it because she's Tim Burton's new Helena Borm Carter. Yes. Um, she's just gonna put her in everything he does now. It seems. And Michael Keenan came back. And Tim, I, I love Tim Burton. I go see every Tim Burton movie that comes out. Still. Yeah. I even like Dumbo that he did. I still think that they're gonna try to figure out a way to bring it back into people's minds and really push out this Jenna Ortega and where it actually yeah, takes she's place. She's big with the Gen Z. Where it actually takes place is still up for the bait, but I still think they're, if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be supposedly going to take place in Hawaii, which is going to be a very different take. Yeah, that would be fun. I'd, I'd go yeah. see it. Yeah. I mean, I'll go see it kind of regardless, honestly. I like Keaton and Burden and Beetlejuice. I like Beetlejuice, so I'll watch it. Yeah. But we'll see how it goes. All right. So now I'll circle back to May 7, although this is really, this is the final maze that I have set up for speculation, which will be the same amount of mazes we had last year. Then we'll touch on the Terra Tram and shows at the very end. So I loved last year's Last of Us maze less because of the content. I just love that concept of the video game maze. Mm. I'm not as big of a gamer as I used to be. I used to be way too. I just, it was such a different experience of it. it felt like you were the main character going through a level in the game. I thought that was so cool. I'd love to see them continue that. And I have kind of two games that I think would be good for the event uh, for different reasons. 
One of them is, this is a bit more, now I'm getting into, this is more of what I want than I think. Uh, <laughs> but I have reasons, I have reasons. So my favorite game probably of all time is Dead by Daylight, which is this multiplayer horror game where one person plays as the killer and four people play as survivors who have to escape the killer. It has a lot of original characters, as oh, probably over a dozen. Uh, they all look very distinct. They could all be their own monsters in a maze. And a bunch of then original Survivor characters as well who could fill that Joel and Ellie role we saw last year. If you have a recognizable character kind of leading you through the experience. Um, it also has a lot of... Part of the reason the game's been so successful, it's lasted, I think, eight years now. I think it's going to be its eighth year is because it has a lot of famous slash. It has Michael Myers. It has Leatherface. It has Freddy. It's characters you can play. In the maze, I don't think that would be true. It would be only these original monsters that they've created. But again, there's plenty of that in there. And they call it the, the Hall of Fame of Horror and Gaming in the same way that I think Horror Nights is the Hall of Fame of Horror in real life. So I think there's some good synergy there. Now, why I think this will come to the event, I think in the next three years, it's a lock to come to the event. The company behind Dead by Daylight, Behavior Interactive, has been really pushing Dead by Daylight in non-video game spaces. Uh, they just came out with a board game. That's super fun. I highly recommend if you get a hold of it. Um, there is also a Bloomhouse movie of Dead by Daylight in the works. It'll come out either towards the end of this year or next year. My question is, will they do, like we've been talking about this whole time, do you kind of pre-stage the movie at Horror Nights and say you're going to do a maze to start building hype before the movie comes out, or do we do it just the same year and it'll be tied in to the movie? So it could either be a Dead by the Day like video game maze this year to kind of get more awareness and build hype for a movie next year, or do you do, we're going to do a movie, a maze based just on the movie next year when the movie actually comes out would be less exciting for me because i think the the game has so many it has so many different environments and so many different scary characters that would function really well as a maze i think within the next three years i, I think it will come in some form um might be this year might not i think if it's not this year and we're going to keep on the video game theme which i think they should because it was super fun and super different uh resident evil i think makes the most sense i think that's probably the biggest video game for ip out there it's pretty easy for them to do zombie effects, but there's also a lot of unique zombies in these Resident Evil games that they could incorporate. They have like the the one who is like the brain, the big tongue, and then for the giant nemesis zombie, pretty famous. Oh, that was a great monster. Yeah, there's a lot of great monsters yeah. in these Resident Evil games. And then you also have those iconic characters. You would have Jill and Chris and Leon and Ada to guide you through the experience. It'd be super fun to see some actors playing them. Playing the video game versions, not the Milo Jovanovic movie versions that were a little weird. Not very accurate. They, the they were very far yeah, off. Yeah, very <laughs> off the game. Um, you could base either, say, we're going to do this based just on Resident Evil 1. I mean, you could do three years of Resident Evil. You say, we're going to do Resident Evil 1 the first year. Next year, we'll do Resident Evil 2, and we'll do Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 3 is not as good, so we'll go straight to 4. <laughs> <laughs> and it also gives you the first game set in a mansion, the second one set in a city that's been having a big zombie attack, the fourth one set in this small uh, European village and a castle. So it's a very, it's a good variety of environments to move through, a good variety of scare actors that can come out and get you. Um, so I think Resident Evil will be a great option if they want to keep doing these video game things and Capcom owns Resident Evil. I mean, they're very open to licensing Resident Evil out wherever once they get licensed. I don't think it's an impossible IP for them to get. It's been at the Japanese 
Halloween Horror Nights many years ago. They did a Resident Evil maze, and that's been its only appearance. But I think this could be a good year for them to bring it back. I would say I would love it if they were, they would come in um, Resident Evil. I watched. I will say I watched the movies first, yeah. and then the video games. And then I was when I was playing the video games, I was like, "Wait, what's going on?" <laughs> it's very different. It's very different. Where's Alice? Yeah, I was like, "Where, where is Alice?" Uh, it was it was a very different experience. Of but I am also a very aficionado with zombies. Zombies have a a very dear place in my heart. So if it were to come and if it were to be that that's the maze that they choose, that's the one I'm running to. Yeah. I could very easily see them say they have that black box where the Walking Dead attraction used to be. You say we're going to have three years, three, three Resident Evil mazes in there, and they'll all be different. Um, reuse a lot of those zombie effects. And I think it would be great. Yeah, the Resident Evil, top notch. All right. So that was my last speculated maze. What was yours? I think for my speculative maze, uh, it's keeping in theme with video games. It was Silent Hill. Oh, okay. Silent Hill. Actually, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, Silent Hill has very particular monsters in it. It does. So they definitely could play around with that. I'll say the monsters in Silent Hill are scarier than the ones. Oh in yeah. Resident Evil, like the pyramid head and the, the nurse thing that comes at you. Mm -hmm. Definitely, it's a very scary game. It's very psychological. And the nurse one is going to be very. Um, the only reason maybe they might not do it is going to, be, it's going to remind people a lot of the weekends <laughs> maze. Yeah. Which is, but it also, I would say it will be another reason why they would make it because they'd be like, oh, we already have a nurse character similar in style. We can just bring them in to quickly do for Silent Hill. And Silent Hill is a, also a very scary game. So it, it makes sense why they would choose to do this one. I would say Silent Hill is probably the second biggest horror video game after Resident Evil. Yes. Pretty comfortably. I'd be excited for Silent Hill. Have they done... They did Silent Hill the movie, I think. Yes, they did Silent Hill a the long movie, time ago. which I think it was the early 2000s. And it was like 2007. Yeah. So they definitely could have... They have space enough now to but do But the game is best. To do a maze of the game, I mean. Yeah. 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 And you still have those iconic... You have the James character, who I know they have... Um, is it Rachel? Who's the other one? I think it's... Sybil? No, it's not it. Mm. I, I know them from Dead by Daylight more than I know them from Silent Hill. actual game? To be honest, because they're, they're all, they all guest star in Dead by Daylight. That's where I learned them. It's Heather, Eileen, Richard, Angela. And then you start getting into, uh, I think, James, Alyssa, and Henry. Who was the one in Resident Evil in Silent Hill 3? was the one. Silent Hill 3, let's see. But, I mean, that would be a strong one. I mean, it's a creepy environment. You're in a small town. What you about Silent Hill is they made this for the PlayStation 1, and the PlayStation 1 could only render so much uh, area around your character. Yeah. So, they, they, as a limitation of the game, they shroud the whole town in fog. But that's so much scarier than being able to see the whole map at once. You're never sure where monsters are going to pop out at you. And Horror Nights has such a big uh, fog machine event. I mean, they probably buy more fog juice for Horror Nights than the whole rest of the country combined. So <laughs> there'd be great synergy there. Like we said, the monsters are terrifying. The only thing I would pause with on Silent Hills, it's a very psychological kind of game where the characters are always going through their own internal trauma and it manifests in the town of Silent Hill. And it would be tricky to kind of get that across in a maze experience where something like Resident Evil is basically just an action game. Uh, the characters are fun, but there's not much depth to them. 
Um, so the story is a little trickier, but you could also just have it be just a scary experience. It doesn't need to have that extra element. I mean, the the one way I think they could do that is if they had the voiceover kind of experience as you go through different sections. If you were to be playing um, different characters That'd in different parts of it. So that's one way that they could do it. Um, you would definitely want to see, for any of these video game mazes, I would want to see two or three characters that I know from the game in the maze as kind of... Oh, we're going this way now. Oh, we have to get out. Oh, yeah, yeah stuff like that. Like, I thought that was, I really loved that in The Last of Us last year. You kept seeing Joel and Ellie as if you were in the game with them. Yeah, it, it definitely gave you that experience of, oh, I'm, it's a very POV kind of experience yeah. of this. Um, but yeah, that, yeah that I, was, I'd be excited for that too. That was my last one as well for what it could be. Okay. So that's, I think, I think, I mean, when you speculate, you always make a strong maze lineup. Because it's also taking what you personally want is always going to come into it. Yes. Um, if, if we're right, I think it would be great. It would be really great. We'll see what it actually turns into. It might be a dud. Um, there's always that chance. Not every year is equal. But uh, regardless, I'm sure we'll go and have a good time. Let's touch briefly on the shows and the Terror Tram. I think for the show uh, where uh, Waterworld is. Shows. There's the Waterworld show. If we assume it's going to be the same venues there's yes. the water world show and the dreamworks theater show which is where they had blumhouse, blumhouse last year, last year. Yeah. yeah i think for the the water show it's gonna stay the same as yeah. purge i think it'll be the same exact show yeah the only thing that, that might be different is that last year it was a, a senator i believe was the the main villain and they might change it to kind of like Mr. President kind of yeah. deal but i feel like that'd be mm. and the election year might yeah. be a little dicey yeah um yeah, I, I don't like that it's going to still be purged, but I was trying to think what other horror franchise exists that could have attackers coming out on jet skis, and it just doesn't. I thought maybe you could do like 28 Days Later, where they're fast zombies, so it's more of a zombie attack, but then they won't be on jet skis, No, and they won't be using like their grappling hooks and stuff. So it's, it's probably going to be... If they came up with something original, that would be super cool. Yeah. Um, or if they do like an alien attack there, that would be cool. I think it's just going to be purged. It's, it's probably it's going to be purged until the, the crowds dwindle and then they'll refresh it. Yeah. For the theater show, I think a, a repeat of Bloomhouse is likely where they'll say, here's the props from this year's movies. Yeah. And it's going to be a teaser trailer for Megan 2 instead of being for Five Nights at Freddy's. And Megan will come out on dancing. I think that's likely. I do have another possibility here because you'll notice that neither one of us had the Universal Monsters maze in our lineup. Um, yeah. that, we probably should have mentioned this in the news segment, but uh, Murdy had a tweet about... Because I, I would have I would have had uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Because uh, he's really the last one they haven't tackled. And he came out and he said, if I'm going to do creature, he said, it's not happening this year, and it will be its own maze because that's a big effort to do. Um, and I think I would love to see creature next year. I think people love the creature from the Black Lagoon. I think he he's no one's like favorite Universal monster, but he's he's in everyone's top three. Yeah, and I think people would really like to see him, and to kind of keep that idea of the Universal monsters fresh, I think they might do a Universal monsters show in the oh. theater where they do maybe they bring out some really that'd be cool to see really old props in yeah. that in that entrance space and do a little clip show of all the different. Um, you can hear Frank Tyson's monsters coming to life in the background. Exactly. Uh, and then do a clip show. Of, Actually, that's the the, the water boat. Okay. <laughs> the clip show of everything you know for these '30s and '40s movies, and maybe like some from the new one of his little man, or tease the new Wolfman movie that's coming out this year. 
I think that could be really cool. I would prefer that to Bloomhouse, but I think more likely we'll just see Bloomhouse again. Yeah. It it'll be an interesting interesting take on that one. But yeah. again, they'll do Bloomhouse and then yeah. Megan will dance again. It'll be pretty much the same show. I will say if if you're taking a normal ticket and you have to spend two hours waiting. Not worth the wait. Not worth the wait. Well, we'll, we'll review it. We'll tell you. <laughs> Check here first before you go. Yes. Um, the last thing is the Terror Tram. I'm guessing we're going to see Hollywood Harry make a reappearance. It's been a year or two since we've seen him. They like him. I like him. He's fun to stay fresh. I think they'll carry over that theme they had last year, which we saw in Chucky and a little bit in Exterminators of the Influencer. I think this will be Hollywood Harry's turn to come after the Influencer crowd. <laughs> I think that's going to be the thing. I really loved Hollywood Harry. It was the first one we walked through when we when we started going to Hollywood Horror Nights. Uh, I definitely loved their... The, and that one, I feel like the clowns were more active yeah. than, than um, anything else since. I don't know why they started cutting back. Well, I think people. part of the reason they can do more with the clowns is because the makeup is just makeup. Yeah. So you have a wider range of vision. It's easier, I think, for the characters to breathe. Mm. So they can be more expressive. That that makes more sense. That it's horror makeup, but it's just makeup versus because they're mask. just clowns. They're like bloody clowns. Yeah. You know? um, and I, I love I love Hollywood Harry. He's yeah. fun. it's fun to have a character that's just tied to the event. Yeah. As and we we love the event enough that we have a podcast about. It, obviously, we like having, <laughs> we like having that special characters too. No, especially loved it because. The clowns tend to follow you more instead of just being locked to a location. Uh, a lot of the exterminator ones, they, they were just locked into a small space and didn't really follow you as much. The clowns definitely followed a lot of people. It was fun to watch people get scared from the clowns. And I don't know, just yeah. it, it's been one of my more favorite terror travel um, shows of it. And I think we both really enjoyed the influencer battle theme where the <laughs> Chucky and Larry Larva were killing influencers. Even though we are influencers now, um, it's just a fun idea. No one really likes influencers. No. So not even influencers like we, we don't even like we hate ourselves yeah. you know, for doing this podcast. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I would I would be proud to be killed by Hollywood Harry next year if they put a little undead Ed mask on someone. Um, but I think that's a fun theme. I, I think Hollywood Harry should get on the fun. Did you have anything different for the terror tram? No, I, I didn't really think of what it could be just because I don't know. I was thinking like what how could they top it off this year? Yeah. And looking back, like they they've been doing a lot of repeats. So they it do. Makes the terror tram is also somewhere where they like to reuse. Because their main attraction is really being on the sets yeah. more so than the terror, the terror element of the tram. So it's somewhere where I think they feel they can skim back a bit. And I think what we speculated would be of several expensive mazes for them to produce. So then you say we're just going to reuse the Hollywood Harry props. I yeah. think that's a, that's a plus for them on the business side. The one thing that uh, I would love it if they started uh, implementing is a little bit better of crowd control. <laughs> <laughs> just because uh, the Terror Tram, like I said before, it's great, but it's better if you don't see it coming. <laughs> It's better if you pay for the really expensive ticket and you get a private tram. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. But yes. we'll talk about tickets, I think, when the tickets go on sale. Yeah. Well, we'll let you know which one's the right for your group. Yeah. Let's see how much it increased this year. <laughs> yeah. 200% probably. Just like the grocery store. Oh. Yeah. Now we will be undead. <laughs> 
All right, and um, I don't really have any speculation on the food other than we mentioned, I think, if they do Five Nights at Freddy's, which, I mean, they will. I think Five Nights, it'll be Five Nights at Freddy's Pizza downstairs. It's going to be pizza. um, I'm not sure who will get the bar this year. If they do uh, Chupacabra, maybe we'll have some goat meat. Ah, goat taco. Yeah, goat tacos and uh, like that Hispanic section Mm. area. So that's going to be a way that they could implement it. Uh, let's see what else what other themes could they do with food if they have like an ice cream and then there's little for Hellraiser like a like a vanilla ice cream with little pretzel sticks stuck oh, into it yeah, that would be, that'd be pretty fun. good that would be pretty good uh, but it's still really talking about the food yeah, <laughs> we'll have a food episode at some point too. it's definitely a little early but it's always fun to think about like well, unfortunately here in Frankenstein's laboratory it's almost lunchtime so food's a bit on the brain <laughs> And I think that does it for speculation. Speculations is over and done with now. All right. And I think that's it for the episode. So uh, we'll leave you with the outro. Once you have anything to add. Stay scared. Thank you for listening to this production of the Hollywood Horror Nerds. We know you have many options for your listening and entertainment, and we're glad you chose us. Find us on Instagram at Hollywood Horror Nerds, on X at HW Horror Nerds, and on YouTube at Hollywood Horror Nerds. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite alternative podcast site to ensure you don't miss next month's episode. And until then, stay scared out there.